0: Welcome to Connecting the Community Podcast. I am your host, Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Cole Rutman, the executive producer of the documentary Voices. He is currently a student at Western University. Briefly, Voices is a documentary on the Ukrainians reeling under the effects of war and trying to rebuild their lives in Canada. Cole will tell us more about this documentary. I have seen the documentary at a special screening. Welcome, Cole.
1: Hi, thank you for having
0: me. You are very welcome. So glad we have found the time to have this conversation. Cole, tell us a little bit about yourself. Do you live in New York Region, and what program and year are you at at Western?
1: Yeah, well, um, I grew up in York Region. I was, uh, was born and raised in a small town called Thornhill. I now go to school in London, so I'm in my second year at Western University. I'm in the Creative Arts and Production program, which is a brand new program. I believe it opened up just three years ago. Um, so that's a little bit about myself and I've been interested in producing and, and making creative projects for a long time. This was the first time I did a professional project with a team. So it was an incredible experience. but I have been doing creative creative arts for quite a long time, I think as, long as I can remember, I've been doing stuff like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, very, very good. Are you a fan then of documentaries? Do you watch a lot? The hot dog fan? Mm-hmm. I am. You know,
1: I, I, I'm actually so glad to see documentaries are making a huge comeback. Uh, Netflix, for example, there's tons of documentaries on Netflix, tons of docu-series. I have binged a lot of them. I think what's so great about docs is documentaries are such a great form of entertainment. I mean, like, I'm so entertained by documentaries, but in the process, they really teach us and inform us, too. So I'm so glad to see documentaries making a comeback. Uh, just on the topic, some of my favorite documentaries, I really like The Social Dilemma. Uh, it came out in 2020. It's just exposes big tech so much there, I think. And I'm big into sports as well. So The Last Dance, which came out as well. I did a lot of documentary watching during covid uh, but those, those two, I, I really like, and off the top of my head, I, I think those are two that I really really like. So I'm I'm so glad to see documentaries making it come back.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think they have. Uh, I am a fan of hot dogs. Been down to to see them twice this past week. So yes. So can you give us a synopsis of your documentary? Of course, yeah. So
1: voices uh, Voices is a film that highlights the voices of Ukrainian individuals who found safety here in Canada. It also focuses on the people and organizations making a difference in their lives. The name of the documentary is Voices Documentary. And that was essentially our mission in one word. It was to bring the voices of the people to the forefront. The war in Ukraine is such a major event. I mean, like we see it all over the media. It's all over the internet. But I believe that people are far more inspired by personal events. So I really wanted to give the individuals affected by this war the spotlight so they could share their stories. And the hope was that people would then be able to kind of get a closer understanding of the conflict itself and what they could do as a Canadian citizen. I was born and raised in Canada and being able to kind of take people's voices from this conflict and bring them into the spotlight. That personal aspect of the film really gave it life. And I was so glad to see it come together. Something so funny, though, was I don't speak Ukrainian. So we were doing all of these interviews and I had no idea what people were saying until we started editing. And it turned out better than I could have possibly imagined. But just the idea that I'm I'm listening to this and I have no idea what they're saying. And it's all just based off emotion. And to see that raw emotion that people gave us to see kind of how they were able to take this personal encounter and give it life. We really did something there and I was so glad to see it. So it's such a personal account and I'm really glad with the way it came out. I'm so thankful to everybody who took part in it. And I hope this helps people who are in part of it. I hope people can kind of, some will will be able to help these people who are recently came here. Most people who we interviewed had only been here for about a year. So they were able to talk about their difficulties and just the positives of getting out of the work. But, uh, that's just about a bit about the experience but the documentary really gives that personal out, uh, outlook
0: yeah very good uh it did show through again yes there's lots of subtitles in your uh, in the documentary so you do not need to know uh ukraine to understand right. to know what the many of the subjects are your the people are speaking are saying uh and uh, some speak english and some don't so it was uh yeah yeah sub- subtitles were useful definitely Yeah. So where were you uh, on February 24th, 2022, when the war broke out?
1: I, I like this question, but I don't like this question because, and it's interesting I say that because I like this question because I was in my dorm room at Western University in my first year and I was safe here in Canada, but I don't like this question because I was also in my dorm room at Western University in Canada. The world felt so big at the time and I felt so small at the time, here I was sitting in my dorm room, watching everything unfold from my cell phone. And I'll never forget going to classes and just thinking like, what can I do? And I'm, I'm learning all of this stuff. And I'm trying to kind of contextualize it and say, well, what, what's the use of doing this? Like, what 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 can I do now? And, uh, and it was really current and it was all happening. And I was just doing my thing here and uh so there was really that feeling that there was something going on that I wanted to be able to fix and I think that happens a lot is we see everything that's going on but we don't know what to do and that's why I'll never forget it is because I had nothing to do Mm -hmm. until I found out that I can make this project but at the time that's what my feeling was and that's why I remember it is I was just stuck here
0: yeah so have have you ever been to Ukraine do you know many Ukrainians like before? before you started making this documentary?
1: Um, I, I Well, here's the thing. So I had never been there, but um, my great grandmother was actually rescued by a Canadian family from pogroms in Ukraine. And that was during the Second World War. Mm. And it's so interesting because my grandmother, when I when I started making this project, my grandmother would tell me, she would say like, we're all here because somebody helped your great grandmother come to Canada. She was an orphan in Ukraine during the war. And she was rescued by a Montreal family. And so I had never been there, but I, my roots were essentially rooted there. And it's, it's just, uh, so now I know plenty of Ukrainians. I actually know some of the language listening to all the interviews. I think I know a little bit. I think I could have like two minutes of a conversation, if that, two seconds of a conversation. But just, um, that's really my roots, but I had never been there before.
0: Right, okay, and I guess uh you're not going anytime soon, so yes, yeah, okay, um, so how did you get started on making the documentary and um how did you get to the Catholic community services of york region c c s y r how did you get connected up with them
1: yeah well this is a this is a great story because it's um This is how it all happened. So I started making the documentary in my mind. Like I said, when everything broke out, I started making that documentary. I had nothing. And I was going to my classes and I wasn't sure, but I had the idea. And it occurred to me one day in my film class that that's how I was going to make my impact is by doing exactly that, by doing a film. I actually had a camera. I'd worked a whole summer. My senior year after high school, I worked that summer and I put that money towards a camera. And so I needed some help, though, because just me and a camera couldn't do much. So I went to the Arts and Humanities faculty, which is what I'm studying in, and I went to the Student Donation Fund. They have a specific donation for students and student projects. And I submitted the pitch and it was successful. And there I had a budget to start with. I had some support, but that was it. It was still just me. And so that's when things really caught fire. I, I reached out to the internship program because I wanted, I was in my first year and I wanted that summer to be able to work in the film industry. And I knew that it was really difficult to do that because a lot of people don't know what to do. And I I knew I wasn't the only person with nothing to do that summer. So, you know, I believe if, if you don't have the circumstances that you want, you make those circumstances. And so I went out and I made those circumstances and I sent out and we had 25 people apply to be on our creative team from Western, uh, some from University of Toronto, but mostly from Western. And that's, we had our team and we started meeting and putting together our vision. But then we couldn't find people to interview. We had this whole creative team, but nobody to interview. And I was worried because I was like, well, what's this project really going to look like? I had no idea. And that's when we got in touch with CCSYR. And Valentina, uh, someone who works at CCSYR and Leonelda there, I reached out to them and I made some phone calls and we met and they told me that they had a lot of youth who were staying in hotels from the program. They had a hotel program and they helped these youth. And we eventually had too many people to interview after not knowing if we would have enough. And we had some help from another organization. We help Ukraine. A lot of different organizations then started coming out and helping us. So it really caught fire then. And I think it just goes to show that if you really stick with something and you really go with it, I mean, things will start to happen, but you have to get to that point of no return where you get there and you're like, oh, now it's really going to happen because I just believe that it was going to happen. So I didn't know what was going to happen and it actually worked out way better than I expected it to.
0: Very nice. So... Uh, you said you had too many people. Like, How did you choose who to sort of focus on, who to interview?
1: Yeah, well, that was difficult because we wanted to get everybody the spotlight that they that we wanted to give them. But at the end of the day, we also knew that if we put everybody there, we'd have a film of four hours, <laughs> four hours of film, which would have been so much. And I was I was so excited that we had that much film. And I honestly think it could still be used in other ways. And I don't think that ever goes bad, but it was really a process of putting it together. We call Voices documentary, the slogan of the film is one uh, one film, one speech. And what that means is everybody in the film is giving this a speech, they're just different people. So everybody's, everybody's words were interconnected in some way, shape or form. And we wanted to kind of give it a timeline. So we started before the war, what was your life like? When everything happened and everybody talked, Everybody said, you know, five o'clock in the morning, we heard the sound of explosions and it all came together and we were able to put everything together in a way that told a story. And people talked about their journeys and a lot of it was different and a lot of it was very similar. So that's how we kind of put it together. And unfortunately, some footage didn't fit in there, but I think we could find ways to put it in other way.
0: I liked how you used uh, actual uh, news coverage. I think that yes, put that and that was necessary. So I'm glad you did that. That was a
1: huge part of it, too, because uh, what I wanted to show was the, the media has such a different representation of the conflict as opposed to the people themselves. The media, what we did was we, we wanted to make it so claustrophobic because that's just one big idea is the media covering it. And then the people who are impacted by it are a totally different, like a totally separate entity from the media. And it gives you a whole new fresh view of it. So using the media was a creative choice that I decided on because I wanted to show that this was personal. This wasn't just an event. And, and I think that really worked out too. So I'm glad you noticed that.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh, very good. So how many people actually were there or families uh, are part of the documentary?
1: So we had 21 interviews when it was all said and done. We went, uh, we had people from Montreal, Toronto, Barrie, uh, the greater Toronto area, a lot of families, one family that really stood out to me, I have to say, and it's so interesting because talking about my family's kind of how I came to be in Canada and that kind of those roots coming from Ukraine. We had one family we interviewed with, I think it was uh, 13 kids or 14 children, and only three were biological because the father, his name is Max, um, he grew up in an orphanage in Ukraine. He was a very at-risk child, and he essentially got his help that he needed to create a life. And what he did is he took all of these kids with him, and they all live in Canada with this one woman Uh, who's a host family for them. And there's, I think there's like 16 of them and it's so interesting to see. So that was one family that really stood out to me.
0: Yeah. Did, were you actually at that home with the, all those kids?
1: We went to that home and it was really, it was overwhelming. It was, it was fun. It was fun. We got to play soccer with the kids we got to hang out. We got to see the new, the newborn, I think the three-month, four-month-old baby and the dog and everything. It was so hectic. So living there, I'm sure it's fun and tiring, but we got to go there and it was such an incredible day. That was our first shoot that we did also.
0: Mm, okay. Wow. So that was, um, by, what an immersion into filming when you had yes. that level of, that number of people there. So that was great. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts was that family. I just, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, you admire them for uh, looking after that many children. Uh, that lady who did host the Ukrainian uh, newcomers, uh, I forget her name, uh, but she really seems special.
1: I think you're referring to Kathy.
0: Yes, Kathy. Yes. Yeah. Kat. Um, uh, but she, uh, good story. Just the idea of uh, needing to find meaning in her life. And she found it. And I, it made you feel good to hear that story of, uh, yeah, what what was happening with her. Uh, you did work with a team to make this documentary. Can you tell us about the other team members? Like you said, the are most of your Western, uh, but did you know them before the project? And you know, how did you, like, did you put something out in social media or is there a, a place to post uh, help needed to make a documentary?
1: Yeah, well, it's so interesting you ask that because that was such a big part of my process because that was when it was just me. And I needed the help and I really got the help. I am really close with some people who I, I worked with on this project. Some people I work with on this project I'm working with again. Uh, so we're, we're going to collaborate again. Um, I, I happen to direct TEDx Western U, which is the TED event here. It's the live production and a lot of the people there uh, we're going to work together again. So it's so great to have all of this talent Um But the team members were unbelievable. I couldn't have done it without them. And one thing that I I think back to when I talk about my team, and this is such an interesting story, I was the youngest person on this team. And I was also the person who created the project. And it's so funny because I I, just on the topic of me still being in touch with these people, I, I, I told them, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago, because we had a screening at Western. And so all the team members could come out. And I told them, hey, by the way, um, I'm only in my second year. I had only finished one year and they couldn't believe it. So I guess it's a good thing. I guess I'll take that as a compliment. But it's, it was okay. such a, it was such an interesting thing because here I was the youngest person. I was Some people were in their fourth year of study. They were going into their final year. Some people, I think, had finished their final year. And I was telling these people what to do. And they had taken more classes than me. They had done more than me. They had more experience than me. And it was really just I had to find a way to kind of ensure that they trusted me. And that actually happened by trusting them. I was able to go to them and say, like, I trust you guys. Like, let's find it out together. And I didn't end up leading them. It really became a collaborative process. So just thinking about how nervous I was to go on that first day with, with the knowledge that I'm the youngest person
0: here. Yeah, (laughs) That could be intimidating. So, yeah, but it it, it did turn out uh, very well. Uh, You did say you got funding from a a grant um, that the university offers which was very good to hear, but just curious, like how about how much does it cost to make a uh, documentary like that?
1: Well, it it, film is expensive. It's, it's really business oriented. Um, I was lucky for a couple of reasons. First of all, they did believe in the project. Um, it, It was, it was quite a bit, but I was also lucky in that my mom and my grandmother, and I had people who supported me as well, uh, so they were willing to help out a little bit with what they could help out. And I was so thankful for that. And also I had, I had to put some of my own um, some of my own into this project as well. Like I said, but having that help, I mean, it, it really comes out to being quite a bit and it's also, you know, and and you're also, you have to put that to work. You have to make sure that everything's being used properly. So I was lucky that I had this support Western. I, You know, they 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 helped out with their grant. And I was so thankful to have been able to do this project and even just have that support, knowing Mm -hmm. that like that just gives you the confidence to move forward.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think the grant gives you, again, confidence, credibility for what you're doing. So that was good to hear. But um, yeah. So any idea of the number of hours spent on making the documentary?
1: Ooh, well, you don't get paid overtime. Yeah. Do it, as my dad jokes coming in, I guess. But no, you really don't. Because I mean, at the end of the day, nobody can see the project until it's done. And you're putting in all these hours. I mean, I, I, I it was countless hours. And it wasn't just going to, I mean, we had spent a whole day shooting we went to one house and we brought about eight or nine families to this house. And we were there from morning till evening. And that was, so those were there were first, first of all, there were th- those long days. And then there were also those, you came home and then you had to think about what you were going to do with that. There was a lot of thinking involved in it. And then I happened to edit quite a bit of the film just because there was so much storage of film and we had some of our editors were working from abroad because we wanted to get everybody from across the country involved so some people were working who weren't necessarily where i was so also having to just maintain the contact and constant meetings so it's really what you you get what you put in and i'm i'm happy but i put in a lot of time and i'm i i don't regret putting in the time i think i was happy to put in that time but i if I had to count the hours, some, some days I had worked 18 <laughs> and some days I had worked none and just thought about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, I can see that's so, a difficult to say I worked X hours. So yeah, just, but I will acknowledge I, I, it was a lot of, a lot of work went into it. So very good. So how would you say, you know, how would you answer what impact do you think the documentary has had?
1: Yeah, well, I was able to see a little bit of the of the impact at the last screening um because i had i i got the opportunity to speak to some newcomers who saw the film who were not even in it who had moved here who had gone through some terrible things and i got to speak to some people who work even you know i you know i, I was able to deliver a speech at an impact event and there were members of parliament local government. And, you know, some people, I was able to talk to somebody who worked at the United Nations and the psych, uh, who was doing psychological work in Italy, I believe, and seeing people who had tears in their eyes after watching the film, it really confirmed for me, it let me see, you know, what we had done because I wasn't able to gouge the value of our project until i saw how it impacted people and a lot of time that's how it works Mm -hmm. and just being able to see how people were touched by it people were full of tears by it but but still motivated and hopeful and seeing that they were represented that impact tangibly i was able to see and i was that's when i realized we had done something really special and i still hope it has an impact as it goes along one thing i say is i I sometimes make films just so that one person can watch it and be changed by it. And if that's the case, if one person watches this documentary, because it is really hopeful in a sense, it's universal and it's meant for everybody. And if they watch it and say, maybe tomorrow I'm going to try something new and maybe I'm just going to be nice to somebody, or maybe I'm going to decide to host an immigrant tomorrow because we spoke about Kathy and, and it changed her life. And if, you know, and and there really is that compounding effect because one person decides to host one person and then that person carries that kindness forward. And so I really think film has the power to do that. That's why I had done it because it could have that compounding effect. And I just wanted to kind of change people's outlook if I could, if one person watches it and says, I'm going to do something better. And that will have a compounding effect. I'm sure it will Then I think I've succeeded in my vision. So it's really I'm I'm never I might never be able to see that impact. I might never be able to know that impact, but just knowing that it's possible is something for me that I'm quite interested in knowing.
0: Okay, very well said. And yes, your film is hopeful, despite the idea of it being about people being torn apart by war. It it ended on a very hopeful note, uh, and and such. Also, I'll echo just I've talked to people involved with trying to find host families and they're struggling. Housing is an issue. So anyone listening to this podcast can host or know of people that may host, let them know. And uh, yeah, it's it, that is a real need. OK, um, what are your other plans? Like you have said, talk to you. You said that you're doing the TEDx at Western. Anything else? Any other documentaries in mind?
1: I have a lot, I have a lot of plans. I'm actually glad you asked. So I'm, I I happen to be busy and I try to focus on what's at hand, but I do have a lot of things I'd like to do. Uh, One thing I'm noticing in myself and it's interesting as an artist, because you do these things without thinking about it. And then you kind of look at it one day and you're like, wow, maybe I actually do that without thinking. And the idea that I'm in Ted, which is the whole idea of TEDx uh, producing and directing that show on behalf of Western is the whole idea of that is ideas worth sharing and I also happen to be directing the play in March here at Western on behalf of arts and humanities. So those are the things I have going on here. Um, And just kind of being able to see what I'm doing. It, it gives me a sense that I want to continue to make creative works that have some kind of value that have some kind of social impact. Like I see creativity as a way to inspire change and, and, generate some sort of social activism i'd love to make motion pictures on a grand scale one day that have this impact one of the films that we actually used in our in our documentary was the great dictator which had that impact it was it really commented on the social situation it took something that was very difficult and and gave a positive message so i want to continue creatively producing projects that have this value that can inspire change and i think creativity has this way of getting to people and really influencing people. And so I'm focusing on what I have at hand right now, but one day I would totally like to continue working in this realm in order to generate change. I'd also, uh, one of the things I was thinking though, in the relatively short-term to long-term was I would like to make Voices a series. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there because Voices could be an umbrella for a lot of different topics. One of the things I noticed about Voices documentary in regard to the Ukrainians who we, who we interviewed was it really gave people such an interesting approach, such an interesting perspective of this conflict. And I think if we can continue finding people from primary sources, for example, you know, homelessness and poverty is a huge example. But if we can if we can find people who can talk about their situation, it gives life to the problem and helps us discover how we might be able to alleviate these issues. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where we can do this. I don't think there's ever, unfortunately, going to be no need to hear from people. But I think Voices could be several different documentaries. And I'd like to do that as well. And I'd totally be open to doing that. So I'm looking to do professional things. I'm looking to develop. I'm looking to expand my horizons and continue working professionally so that one day I can make, bigger projects that can influence people on a on a on a grand scale
0: very good i will stay tuned to what you will be doing so very good uh you've been able to show it at your this documentary uh at we, we you showed it at the welcome center in richmond hill and you said you showed it in at western are there opportunities for people to to view it
1: Yes. Um, Well, we have our eyes on some film festivals. That's what we're really looking for now is film festivals in Canada. Um, And we're also, we have our eyes on TIFF, actually. We're Mm. looking to do Toronto International next fall. Mm. The way the timeline worked out is we couldn't do it this fall, but hopefully it's not a, a, a current concern And hopefully, it's not a current topic by next fall, but we would regardless like to be able to submit it. So, we have our eyes on TIFF, we have our eyes on some other Canadian film festivals. We'd like to get into as many film festivals as possible because the work has been done, but I don't think it will ever just, the value of that work will never disintegrate, I don't believe. So, we have our eyes on film festivals. And really, I mean, we have our digital release in December. So, we're going to digitally release the film. We're looking at late December to release the film. Okay. So we're looking to market it throughout the, hopefully the month of November as well. So we have a digital release and we're looking at film festivals as well. So the work's not necessarily the hard part's done, but we still have some work to do.
0: You do. Yeah. That's another sort of job is to promote and get it to people watching it. So yeah, good luck with that. Okay. Um, With what has just happened in Israeli Gaza, Feel your answer to this question, how do you feel about war? Uh, maybe a little more intense. Uh, so how do you feel about the war in Ukraine?
1: Well, I think in regard to all war, for that matter, I think it's, I mean, anybody can say the same thing because everybody agrees that it's, there's no place for it. I think everybody agrees on that fact. Acknowledging that though, I think that the point of our voices documentary still stands and it will forever stand and you know in a war there's usually people who are quick to choose between two sides I believe that there's a third side that we have to choose and that's the people who are impacted by it who have nothing to do with it and I think that will always be a concern that's a concern right now in the Middle East that's a concern in Ukraine and it will be a concern forever people who don't create these problems people who do not conceptualize these problems are ultimately the ones who are impacted by these problems. I happen to know a lot of people in the middle East right now who live there. And it's unfortunate because the way that things work is that, you know, we, it, we are lucky to be here, but there's no reason why it's not here either. And if we think about it in that sense, I think that there's no place for it ever. And it's simply for the reason that people who have nothing to do with it are ultimately impacted by it. I seriously think that voices could give people that perspective that's the perspective I wanted to do with my creative film was Mm. to show that perspective and I'll always believe that that's the perspective that people should hold there's a lot of people who are trying to be intelligent by saying that things should be a certain way but at the end of the day the only way that things should unfold is that no innocent person should have to endure something that they didn't begin And I'll always think that. So I think it's so important to ask that question. And I think that that will forever be the answer. I think that the day there's another answer, it will be too late.
0: Wow. Very well said. Thank you so much for that, Uh, Cole. Cole, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I I really
1: appreciate doing this podcast. Like I said, it's my first time doing a podcast. I I was interviewed for my school newspaper, the Gazette, a couple days ago. So I'm getting used to doing this kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. but it was such a pleasure. I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to do this. It's something that needs to be talked about. And uh, like I said, I, I I I will try to continue go, doing what I what I spoke about. And hopefully one day uh, I can do what I I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about my ambitions because that's something that's important. And I and I hope your podcast as well continues to thrive. I very was listening good. to it. It's cool.
0: Thank, thank you very much. So yeah, uh, we. Both have work to do to get the get messages out, have people really think about the situation. So again, thank you, Cole. I do end the podcast asking the same question of everyone who comes on. Name one thing that you really like about this community. Ah, well, the one
1: thing I love about this community, I have to say is how different the people in it are, the Mm -hmm. diversity of the community when a community has so many different parts to it, we kind of develop those best parts of, of the differences and we carry a part of those differences with us. So I think if you stay within the same community, the same culture, all your life, you'll never really grow. So I, I I really, I think sometimes we don't necessarily like when things change, but it's the differences that really make our community. I feel, and I'm glad.
0: Okay. I, I like your answer there. So again, thank you Cole for taking the time to do this podcast and I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-G at dot I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well. Stay connected.